0: Listening to the More Life Show, a podcast that inspires athletes, artists, entrepreneurs, and other like minded individuals to pursue their passions by understanding the power of their mind. My name is Miawe Kevin Kalan, and I'm an investment broker, best known for my motivated mindset and athletic fanaticism. Now, do you want to know how to truly tap into your potential and keep yourself motivated? Do you understand that your brain is more than just an organ? It's a machine. And I'm going to teach you how to use it and enjoy more life. So I want to start this off with a question for you, okay? How the hell does a plastic surgeon get so interested and involved in self-image management and psychology, right? See, right at the gate, You wouldn't really see any relation or connection between plastic surgery and self-image management, right? But fact of the matter is, it was actually plastic surgeons that first highlighted the existence of such a thing as self-image in the first place. You feel me? And as time went on, they now started to ask uh, very vital questions that eventually led to important discoveries and knowledge in this particular field. So there was actually uh, a plastic surgeon that went by the name of Dr. Maltz back in back in the 1930s, quite a long time ago now, but he was amazed by some of the dramatic and sudden changes in people's characters and personalities that resulted when a particular facial defect was corrected uh, uh, due to plastic surgery, obviously, right? And uh, he concluded that changing Uh, somebody's physical appearance. In many situations, it didn't only just change what they looked like, but it also created an entirely new person. You feel me? And in case after case, he said that that scalpel, right, that little surgical tool that he had in his hand almost became like a magic wand that not only transformed uh, the patient's appearance, but he transformed their whole entire life. Guys who were initially shy and kinda awkward to be around, they now became bold and courageous. A moronic, stupid boy, overnight almost changed into an alert and bright youngster that actually went on to become an executive at a very prominent firm. And then there was the example of a salesman, right? This salesman lost his touch and the belief that he had in himself due to a motor car accident, but after his facial defect got corrected, he now became an ambassador for self-confidence. There's actually a book um, that he wrote about this. It's called New Faces, New Futures. And this book highlights some of the changes that happen in people's characters and personalities once a particular facial defect is corrected, or whatever it may be, right? Criminologist, psychologist, sociologist, psychiatrist. I mean the whole shebang. We're now coming to Dr. Maltz. And they were asking him one question, right? They said, look, how the heck do you operate on these guys? And they come out being completely different, new and improved human beings, right? And Dr. Malt said, look, I can probably tell you more from the patients that I operated on and came out being, you know, having the same old negative self-image that they had before, right? There was a boy with two big ears and his whole entire life, he has been ridiculed and teased. And people were saying that he looked like a taxi with both doors wide open. <laughs> so you can kind of get the picture here, right? Okay. So, I mean, you, you could totally understand that his whole entire life, you know, associating with people, it simply just meant humiliation and pain, right? So we understand why he avoids any social interaction. You feel me? Soon enough, people now started to label this poor kid as stupid, right? But what do you think happened when his uh, his ears got corrected? See, quite frankly, you know his two big ears were the cause of embarrassment and humiliation for this poor kid. So once once his ears got corrected, he started to live quote unquote a normal life, right? I'm gonna go back to the example of the salesman that I uh, that I gave earlier, right? So this says, this salesman suffered from a very bad car accident, and uh, he eventually had these really messed up scars on his face, right, or or, on his right cheek, and whenever he woke up in the morning and he got in front of the mirror to shave, the only thing that he could see was this grotesque and disgusting twist in his mouth that resulted from the car accident, right? For the very first time in his life, he became painfully self-conscious. Okay, and I don't know how much you know about salesmanship, but it's the kind of profession where self confidence thrives. You needed to survive in that kind of profession, for that matter of fact, right? Anyways, this salesman now became ashamed of himself, right? He felt that everyone was just repulsed by the way that he looked. You feel me? So soon enough, he started to become very obsessed with this car that he had on his face. So. Look, all this salesman became focused on now was what other people were thinking about him, right? His self-image was now more tarnished and mutilated than that messed up scar that he had on his face. How crazy is that, right? He lost his self-confidence, his mojo was gone, and his primarily, his primary goal was avoiding any situations that might remotely bring him any humiliation, right? So if we're going to be... Perfectly fair and honest about this. I mean, we could understand why the correction of his, you know, facial disfigurements and the restoration of a quote-unquote normal face would change his outlook, his attitude, and of course the way he felt about himself, right? But how about the flip side of that coin? Mm-hmm. See, if this scalpel was so magical, why is it that some people acquired a new face but then they go right back to wearing the same old shitty freaking personality. Obviously, these are outliers. These are anomalies. These are exceptions, right? Because there's, a, there's an example of a duchess who, you know, her whole entire life, she kind of felt, you know, shy and self-conscious because she had this horrible hump in her nose, right? See, surgery may have given her very classical and truly beautiful nose, right? But she went right back acting like the freaking, you know, ugly duckling of the family and the sister that nobody wants. You feel me? So clearly this scalpel is not so magical because if not, it would have worked with the Duchess, right? Like I said, these are anomalies. They are exceptions, you know, because you have a lot of, you have a lot of people that have acquired a new face, But they go right back to wearing the same old shitty freaking negative personality and negative self-image, right? How the hell do you explain the reaction of a patient that comes out of a surgery and insists that there is no difference, that she still looks the same? I'm I'm no plastic surgeon, right? But I can guarantee you that every plastic surgeon has had this experience before. And they were probably bemused, bewildered, baffled no matter how drastic the change in that patient's appearance may be, they will still say to you, I look the freaking same, just the same as I did before, for that matter of fact, right? Even when you have friends and family that barely recognize them and they're actually quite enthused over their newly acquired beauty, they will still say that they look the same. Don't even think about showing them a before or after picture because you might catch a slap. (laughs) They will get pissed off. They will rationalize and say, look, of course I can see that the hump is no longer there, but I mean, it still looks the same. What? How do you do that? So I really hope that you're now starting to realize and understand the importance of having an adequate self-image, right? Because you can make a lot of changes to a lot of external factors, but that doesn't necessarily... Change the way that you view yourself. You feel me? We've we've already seen that in some some of the examples I've given you just now, right? The change has to come from within. Have you ever heard of body image? I'm sure you have. Just like how you have body image, there is in fact such a thing called self-image, which is a derivative of your self-esteem. So how about this? What if you have scars that bring pride and joy instead of shame and humiliation? See, in Germany, after the war, there were a lot of students who proudly wore their battle scars similar to how a soldier would wear the Medal of Honor. You feel me? So these students, they were genuinely regarded as the elites of college society. And the facial scar that they had was a pledge. It was a badge that proved that they were valid members of that college society. So to these boys, the acquisition of that horrible scar on the cheek had the same psychological and mental effect as the eradication of the scar from the cheek of our salesman, the example that I gave earlier, right? So guess what? Dr. Maltz, our plastic surgeon, now began began to realize that that knife, that little scalpel that he had in his hand, it had no magical powers. Surprise, surprise, right? Because look, it could be used to one person to inflict a scar and then another person to erase a scar, yet it'll have the same mental and psychological results. So there's something that I like to call the mystery of imaginary ugliness. Okay? See, when you have somebody that is handicapped by a genuine defect or suffering from an actual facial disfigurement, either due to an accident, uh, uh, you know, a car crash, something that happened at work, or whatever, yes, then plastic surgery can indeed perform magic, right? So if we we're to follow that theory for a second, then we might as well say that You know, the cure to any unhappiness, you know, anxiety, lack of self-confidence would be wholesale plastic surgery for everybody. Come on, man. Let's be honest, man. I mean, if if we're gonna follow that ridiculous theory, okay, then anyone who has a normal or acceptable face should be completely free from any mental or psychological handicaps, right? They should be cheerful, happy. Self-confident, free from anxiety or any worries. We all know too well that this is not true. (laughs) It's impossible. You know what I'm trying to say? Because you have a lot of people that visit the surgical office and they demand a facelift to cure some sort of imaginary ugliness, right? Typically, these are, you know, females between the age of 35 to 45 or whatever, and they're so convinced that they look old, even though... Their appearance looks perfectly normal and in many cases unusually attractive. You feel me? I hate that I even have to take it there, but you also have some of these young girls who are so convinced that they are ugly simply because their mouth, nose, or boobs don't look big enough in comparison to the current Hollywood-reigning superstar or the hottest girl on campus. You feel me? And it's not only girls, by the way, you know, this also goes for boys and men who are, you know, who are convinced that their ears are either too big, their nose is too long. And, you know, fact of the matter is no ethical plastic surgeon will even consider operating on these kind of people. Right. But hey, you know, in today's society, we have the so-called beauty doctors. They have no such qualms. Don't give a damn about all of that. They would happily operate on these people because they will do it for the money and for the clout. But you know, unfortunately, such imaginary ugliness, it's not all that uncommon. You know what I mean? There was a survey that was carried out by some college students, um, and it showed that about 90% of our general population were dissatisfied in some way, somehow, with the way that they looked, right? So if the word normal means anything, means anything at all, then obviously 90% of our population cannot be abnormal or different or defective in appearance, right? But the crazy thing is, a similar survey was carried out and approximately the same percentage of our general population found some sort of reason to be ashamed of their body image, right? And these people, they literally reacted just as if they suffered an actual disfigurement. They felt the same exact pain, shame, and suffering. They developed the same fears and anxieties, Their capacity to really live and fully enjoy life has now been blocked and choked by the same sort of psychological roadblocks. See, their scars may be emotional and mental, right, rather than physical scars, but they're just as debilitating, right? Of course, I'm not talking about constructive dissatisfaction. Okay, because most of the time, this motivates and inspires people to go on a weight loss diet, live a healthier lifestyle, and do more exercise, right? If you remember in the last episode, I mentioned how your self-image has to be consistent with your action in order to really make a difference, right? So if you have a self-image of somebody who just cannot resist junk food, somebody who can't lose any weight, then it doesn't matter how hard you train, you are never ever going to lose weight. So that brings us uh, to the very end of this episode. And uh, once again, I want you to go back and really think about some of the ideas and concepts discussed in this podcast today. And most importantly, I want you to think about some of the emotional and mental scars that you carry that have unfortunately blocked you from fully going for the things that you want to do and the things that you want to achieve. Now, I want to sincerely thank you for joining in and listening to The More Life Show genuinely hope that I've left you with something of value and some thought-provoking points for you to go back and consider. Now, if there's anything else I can help you out with or you have any further questions or you simply just want to connect, you know where to find me at my Instagram, at Kev okay? For more information on our sponsors and how to connect with myself, check out the show notes for further details. Join me again next time. We're going to be discussing how to obtain a spiritual and mental facelift and start living a new life. See you next time. More life, yes sir. This episode was proudly sponsored and brought to you by EH FinTech, experts in financial technology.